Hello, this is Hope, and you're listening to Covert Castaway. Welcome to my weekly diary of what I learn and how I cope with transitioning to life as a liveaboard cruiser. In today's podcast, I get to talk to Megan O'Kelly from Sail Clarity. She and her husband, Nick, are out sailing and enjoying the liveaboard lifestyle. And I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and it doesn't require any additional introduction. I'm here with Megan O'Kelly today. She and her husband, Nick, sail on a Leopard 36 catamaran named Clarity. This is not their first boat. Uh, so she has a ton of experience to share. Um, first of all, Megan, thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast with me. I just love your videos and you've been a huge inspiration to me as I've started to prepare my own journey and sort of visualize what my life might be like someday. So thank you so much for joining. Oh, it's so nice to be here and I'm very honored that you would uh, ask me to be on this podcast. So thank you. I yeah. love uh, you know meeting other women in this world, in this lifestyle, and also sharing the experience that I have. So yeah, I I love the stories from other women, and this is my favorite part of my whole podcast is being able to talk to people like you and and um, understand you know some of the things that you went through in making the decision to even take on this adventure in the first place. So. Well, well, thanks for doing this podcast. I think you're really filling a great niche out there for, for women so, awesome. and men to be listening yeah. to this. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a lot of uh, comments back from men. I have a lot of men who are listeners and they say, it's so interesting to hear this perspective. You know, I didn't yeah. think about this or that. So yeah, hopefully it's helping everybody. I was going to say, like my husband wrote this book, Get Her On Board, which I don't know if you've read. Yeah, but, I haven't uh, read that yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of uh, men and women have really enjoyed that book. Great. Is so. that, I would love to read that. So that I'm going to put that on my list. I, I saw that on your website um, as well. Yeah, I'll send you a copy. Okay, cool. So let's start in the beginning. I know you have a lot of, you know, different sailing experiences at different phases with different boats, but maybe you can just take us back to the very, very beginning when you and Nick first decided to sort of leave your jobs behind and transition to this new lifestyle. Um, I know we all kind of think about it and dream about it and talk about it, but what was the point? What was the conversation? Or or if you can remember, you know, maybe it was a couple of conversations where you made a decision. How did that how did that transpire for you guys? All right. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, it was uh, going back about 19 years ago. And we were living in San Francisco Bay. We were working really hard in our careers. I was in the startup world for um, just high tech. And he was doing uh, TV meteorology on uh, one of the big stations there. And we hardly saw each other. We were we just bought a house. We were remodeling it every spare second we had. And we had bought our first boat, which is a 25-foot Merit. And that was my first time ever sailing. He had grown up sailing, so that was um, it. Was really a, a great way for me to learn, but it was also pretty intimidating because I hadn't taken any classes. San Francisco Bay is very challenging, and in fact, people say if you can sail in the San Francisco Bay, you can sail anywhere in the world because you just turn that a corner. That is true. And, yeah, you're going 35 knots, and you better know how to deal with it. 
So he, I knew he was passionate about sailing, but then one day he said, you know, I really want to sail around the world and I, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it with or without you. Like that's how bad he wanted it. Wow. Yeah. And that was kind of a gut punch. Cause I was like, Whoa, that's uh, a, like overwhelmingly scary thought. Yeah. Cause that wasn't necessarily in your plan, right? No. Yeah. No, we were just, I was doing the standard thing, like just building the house and the career. And, you know, we, at that point didn't have any thoughts or plans of wanting kids, but we were busy enough. And mm-hmm. that I was just, I didn't know anybody that had ever even sailed and we didn't have the internet and the vlogs, mm-hmm. you know, to like yeah. research. So it was a pretty scary, overwhelming thought. And, uh, I, I feel like I didn't decide right away. It was, you know, we were just in the thick of our life, but it just kept brewing and brewing that he wanted to do this. And a couple of big things happened. So my dad died May of 2001 mm. and then September 11th happened. Mm. And just the, I think our startup went under, it was uh, electronic stamps, e-stamp. Mm-hmm. And it's just all these things like crashed down, kind of like what's happening right now in the world mm-hmm. but on a smaller scale. And I just thought, um, okay, white sandy beaches, sign me up, let's go. And so we actually ended up selling, finding the boat, which was a uh, Formosa 46 Peterson knockoff and mm-hmm. fell, fell in love with it because it was just this very large size cutter, felt like an apartment and just come up from Mexico really well outfitted, we thought. And it, I could see myself transitioning into that. And so it all worked out that we sold, bought the boat, a month later sold the house, and we were immediately living on the boat with two cats and literally stuff up to like waist high in the boat. <laughs> we <were> like, <laughs> yeah, all this stuff. So at that point, um, some things happened that really helped us get started, which was I got laid off. Mm. And and then he got switched from being a mornings uh, meteorologist to weekends only. So mm. all of a sudden, we had five days off together. And so we could learn that boat. We pr- practically lived at Angel Island. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I love that island. We'd hike around there every day. We could go uh, out offshore and go up to Bolinas Bay and down to... Um, you know, Monterey Bay. So we got some really good experience. That's really good experience too. Yeah. 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 And I actually ended up getting this uh, little part-time job at West Marine just to get the discount. And that was awesome. (laughs) Did you spend your entire entire paycheck? Oh, we spent way too much money. And (laughs) it was funny in the beginning, I thought, oh, they're going to, they're going to be mad that I want to buy all this stuff. Even though I knew people went there to get the discount. Yeah. But my my manager would be so happy when I would come in. He's like, okay, Megan, do you have a big list? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So yeah, it was great. And I, you know, then I got to be around other sailors and just I was always picking people's brains on the dock and um learning as much as I could because it was still very foreign and very overwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I think that was helpful. And then we ended up, because the weather was so hard, living aboard in the Bay Area, kind of cold and stuff, that we ended up um, sailing the boat down to LA, so Long Beach area. Mm-hmm. And then we would drive up every single weekend for the next shift. Oh, my gosh. 
So literally for six months. Oh man. Every, yeah. So every um, Friday night we would get in the car and end up, yeah, about 11 PM, end up at the station about 5 AM, maybe four. And we would take shifts like three hours on, three hours off. And we thought we were practicing for offshore cruising. Oh, right? that's cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was a, a Volvo sedan. So you could like, we had a bed in the back and we were just saving every penny and everything was about this cruise. But then we'd have, we'd come back down. We'd leave Sunday night at 11 PM, pull in at dawn, you know, into LA area and sail out to Catalina. Mm-hmm. So you're at so, a Marina Del Rey then? Uh, yeah, it was like a Almedos Bay. Mm-hmm. We had a my friend was her dad was like a member, mm-hmm. and so it was it was pretty sweet. We got some great experience down in that area, and just fell in love with Catalina, and and then we jumped from San Diego, and that was so that was like the first year of being on the boat, and it gave us a lot of time to figure out, you know the lifestyle a bit be you know while working and while outfitting and you know we of course still were thinking we're going to sail around the world so we did a lot of outfitting for the boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's talk for a minute about that first year living aboard um you know maybe it was maybe it was um you know in the san diego area or, or you tell me but a lot of people talk about that first year being the real transition year when you learn what kind of cruiser you want to be and some people describe it as uh, working through all of your worst relationship baggage some people describe it as you know just kind of figuring out what kind of groove or schedule you need to have uh, i'd love to hear how that first year went for for you guys yeah, I think uh, it was really hard on the relationship from the standpoint of I was learning from him. And, you know, in a relationship, you try to be your equals. And, you know, when yeah. you're now all of a sudden, like, you know, nothing and you have to listen and like, um, feel take directions. Like just, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that was really hard. And so if I were to do something different around that, I would have definitely gone and gotten some of my own experience sale at uh, training. Mm-hmm. But one thing I did do while we were still in the Bay Area in the marina at Emory Cove, um, there was a boat that was looking for crew down to Ensenada, Mexico. So I was given the opportunity with another woman my age, probably, and this couple to deliver that boat down there. And that was a huge experience for me to do yeah. some offshore regime with you know another captain and um you know of course it had a very dramatic moment when i was asleep uh underway and there was smoke in the in this galley area where the engine was like oh no yeah smoking in the middle of the night offshore oh gosh and and the captain did fine got us you know got it figured out and everything's fine but it was definitely like whoa this (laughs) you just don't know what's gonna happen and yeah so yeah, that's a weird. I did a passage for very similar reasons. You know, we would go out on the bay, and um, it started out. It's funny you said there was a twenty-five foot boat. Um, my husband had a twenty-four foot boat that we started oh, on, cool. it was like a little racing boat, and yeah. it was sort of like boat camping, you know. But we were over by Alcatraz one day, and the wind shifted, and you know, the tide shifted, like everything shifted all mm-hmm. at once. And I, I realized, okay, 
if I fall off, he can come and get me. But but if he falls off, we both die. So I need to learn how to sail, you know? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's crazy. But, um, you know, when we were sort of um, going through the learning process, I said, wow, you know, I want to be captain today. I want to try to skipper the boat. And I had taken classes and stuff. And then an hour later, I'd be like, down under making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm like, what happened? Like what <laughs> happened during this day when I'm supposed to be sort of trying to take charge of the boat? Why aren't you making sandwiches? You know, we kind of fall into our roles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, w- I would say that's an area that just over the last, uh, you know, three boats, I have finally just really come to terms with what our roles are and really appreciating what they are and that he is for sure the captain. Like if I didn't have the trust that I have in him. We would not be doing this. Mm-hmm. And I, because I'm not that woman that's going to go do this by myself or, yeah. you know, I wouldn't have been the one suggesting it, which I know there's plenty of women out there and my hat goes off to them, but that's just not me. Yeah. Yeah. So, it is definitely interesting. I, um, would you say you were like on land? Would you say you're more of the, um, d- decider, you know, like, um, Mia from 59 North calls it the gas and the brakes, you know, she, she, Andy's the gas and she's the brakes on the boat, you know, and on land, I feel like I'm the gas and he's the brakes, but on the boat, it's the other way around. How would you describe that difference between, you know, what you experience on land versus what you experience on the boat? Yeah, I think there's, that's interesting. I've never heard that analogy. And I would say on land, yeah, with regards to work, um, as of the last like 10 years career-wise, like for sure, you know, it's a little bit of a reverse. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've been together now almost 28 years. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, we've really, it's just always a fine tuning, but we're getting into our groove like in the last year more than ever. And throwing in YouTube on top of all of this is just a whole nother layer of like cooperation and collaboration. And just, I mean, what I feel like this lifestyle really gives you an opportunity to is to practice your teamwork skills mm-hmm. because you you it's you can't have any ego like literally mm-hmm. you know and i've i feel like i've worked through that trying to do it from that like okay we're separate and you know i'm this and you're that and you're comparing and it, it just doesn't work mm-hmm. so i feel like in the last year you know, it's partially just of doing all of the own work that I've done on myself, which again, I think this lifestyle is so helpful for because you have this beautiful, natural backdrop called the ocean to, you know, really get clear on things and, and take responsibility and, and just appreciate everything. Mm-hmm. And and just to see like, okay, this is my role and this is your role and n- nobody's better or worse. And we're both critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had read somewhere, you know, the ocean teaches you who you are, you know, for yes. so many reasons. I think that that's true, you know, whether it's overcoming fear or character or figuring out how to work as a team or whatever it is or overcome your demons or whatever it is, you know. Um, it does. I mean, that's what I love about it. I mean, it just, it puts you so in the center of like what's really happening. Like you feel like you're just a part of nature because of you're a part of the weather and yeah. the movement of the ocean and it's always changing. And so you're just so present yeah. much more than in regular life. Yeah. 
So what is it, I have to ask you, what is it like to be sailing on a boat with a meteorologist? (laughs) (laughs) It is freaking awesome. (laughs) I love it. I really do. I feel like I'm so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to think about it. And um, I'm always learning because there's, it's, I'm encouraging him to try to do some kind of a course. He should. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I know. And I understand the challenges because as we start talking about it, it's like, it's a graphics nightmare. Mm, so yeah. we've talked about whether I learn how to do the graphics maybe, and then that way we can work together on it. Um, but yeah, I don't have a graphics design background at all. Yeah. But it's such a dynamic moving thing that you, you and it's visual, like you have to have that piece. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I maybe there's a website or something you can point to people to at the same time, you know, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, we just kind of recorded today a Q&A episode that'll go next week, and he's going to list out all of his resources. Oh, that's Websites cool. that he goes to, yeah. yeah. Someone asked about what apps he uses and stuff. But yeah, cool. I know, uh, it's very helpful. Um, okay, so let, let's just take a step back. So um, you both had careers. You sort of... Uh, were forced to make some decisions because of some things going on. Um, but mentally, what kind of process did you go through, you know, in in shifting out of your career or, quote, letting your career go? Like, I've really struggled with that. And, um, you know, I'd love to get your thoughts on on how that worked for you. Okay. I think well, the most recent experience is probably the best one because yeah. the first time we went, I had been in only working full-time in my career, like five or six years. Okay. So when we came back um, after that, it ended up being a two-year cruise instead of the five-year sale. And if you read Get Her On Board, he goes into a lot of kind of what happened with that cruise because we This is when you were so trying much. to go to Fiji? Is that what that was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it just, it was really cool that we did that around when we were 30. And basically after two years, we're like, you know, we're not, we're not going to the South Pacific and we're a little bit, um, you know, kind of bored mentally. So we were wanting to go back to um, life on land and careers. So anyway, fast forward now, the, we got another boat that was like kind of a, just more of a um, coastal cruiser. It was 33 feet and we did a few months at a time here and there. But then I ended up getting back into high tech. And that, okay. was, um, that was like a seven-year journey of growth in my career. We ended up, the company got purchased by Hewlett Packard. That's where I ended my career. Mm-hmm. And I was managing a team of recruiters and really growing my career and in many ways enjoying that. Um, but... Here we were living this very much American dream life with the house and the cars and you know vacations and all that. So you're back into the regular life of Silicon Valley, right? Okay. Well, at this point, we moved up back up to Portland, Oregon, to be near family because I could work remotely. Okay. Yeah. So now we're back in the kind of the home territory, and everyone around us has kids, and you know, entire lives are ruled by the kids and games and events, soccer and and swimming and everything. Right. And so we're sitting here going, we don't have kids and we uh, are very much in a world where that's unusual, it felt like. And Mm -hmm. so 
we spent every second we could traveling in our little RV going to Utah and California and like just as much as we could possibly get out, we would do that because that's what we love to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'll never forget. It was like winter and, you know, Nick is like, you know, we should just get, we should get a catamaran and just go cruising again. And here I am in the middle of this growing career and I'm thinking, okay, um, wow, I don't know. Like, that's, yeah. this is hard because I've spent seven years building up to this point. And right. Yes, we can afford to do that if we sell the house and and go for it. And it was just, it took me again a while of, of kind of soul searching on, okay, what do I want to do with my life? Because in many ways, I'm working from home. The huge corporate structure was killing me, right? With yeah. this, the BS. Yeah, the politics and everything. Yeah. Yes. Like I love my team and I loved growing what I was doing but and working with them. Um, but yeah, the politics and just how big it was and how mm-hmm. getting anything done. And, you know, the, the culture around that was very uh, uninspiring, let's say. Yeah. So there was definitely this part of me that was wanting to expand and go out and see, you know, what we could do and what we could do creatively and yeah, just be, live our lives. Like that, of course I was drawn to that. And so I had a a girlfriend that I worked with at HP who had a catamaran uh, in the Abacos that she was, it was in a charter company. And so I just found myself kept picking her brain and talking to her about now, mm-hmm. how could, could we do that? Could, you know, that's how we could make the bridge, right? So we kind of get the boat. We only, you know, do like eight weeks out of the year, right? While it's financed and right. anyway, just all the juggling of how to make it happen. And so we ended up, you know, quitting the job and selling everything. And just, and we spent a year looking for the boat. So we lived in the RV, traveled the country for five months. So yeah, there was a lot of um, that first year when we didn't have the boat yet was probably the hardest mm-hmm. because we were totally in limbo. Yeah. But I liked what you were saying. And I think you said this in one of your videos, you know, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time or something. You said yes. something like that. I love yes. that saying because that's so true. And it's so true. I feel like too in, in tech... Um, you know, they'll take it all, you know, oh, yeah. your, your time, your soul, you know, your mind. It, it's, yeah, just, it's never enough. It's yeah. never enough. And you're just so right. At some point, you're just not going to be here anymore. And yeah. <laughs> how do you want to spend a, your I life? I story because yeah. I was counting down the days to when I was going to quit. And I was waiting for my, you know, Christmas bonus. And then I would give my notice, right? So my boss, um, we're doing the review call. And this is where she's going to tell me what my bonus is. And we're going to go away for the end of the year type of call. And so she does my review and then she says, and I have some news for you. That is, I am, um, I'm leaving the company effective today. And oh, wow. Totally. Cause I thought she was a, just a career long-termer and I started laughing and she's like, well, that wasn't the response I was uh, <laughs> expecting. And then I'm like, no, because I was about to quit. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Oh, yeah. And then we were hysterical, right? So then we were just like, oh, no. I mean, this poor other, my coworker. All, all your people go, are going to freak yes. out. Yeah. Yes. It was kind of a freak out moment, but funny. And then the next um, couple of weeks, her boss calls me 
and she's the director level and she's like, Megan, I would you step up into your boss's role? Right. Yeah. She knows I have given my notice by this point. She so did know that. To, yeah. She's trying okay. to keep me. So she's trying and, to keep me. Yeah. And I just told her the story. I'm like, this life is short. I don't know if you've seen my video of why we do this. It's on my channel and it's the the sandbar that's disappearing and it's the drone footage. I'll have to look at it. Yeah. You, know, you should because I'm talking about my stepdad who died at 53 corporate guy and so I'm telling this to my director about how life is too short and blah, 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 and just passionate so she ends up quitting her job after that no way like, after your pep talk <laughs> yes and tells her team because some of my friends my other, you know team members were in this meeting this huge meeting where she like references me and how that inspired her. Oh, and no. Like, oh, my God. I'm so three it. people leave and the rest of your team is like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's I good. Thought... We need more of that, though. You know, I mean, we got to keep each other honest about what matters. Yeah. Um, and I sure. stay on Instagram with those two women and they're having the best lives. Like neither one of them's working. You know, their the director had a little girl who was pretty young and now she's had another kid. And anyway, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, my son asked me, you know, once he started wrapping his head around, this is a couple of years ago, he's 22 now, but <clears throat> he said, aren't you afraid of, you know, getting eaten by sharks? And I'm like, I would rather get eaten by a shark than like die of a heart attack behind a computer screen, you know? <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> and oh, I just turned 50 this year and, you know, there are people who, who do, you know, get health know. issues and stuff. And of course, with everything going on um, with COVID too, it's crazy, but. Well, good for you. I'm excited yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. It should be pretty good. A um, couple more questions. So, um, it sounds like you you guys sort of cut the lines and then came back and then um, mm-hmm. cut the lines again and came in or sort of back. Maybe you can describe yeah. that. I mean, because again, some people just cut the lines and live on a boat and that's that and don't look yeah. back. Now, some people have, well, we do it this this many months a year. So so just right. describe those decisions uh, for you guys. Yeah, no, I, I think I've, I've called it over the years um, that we take mini retirement installments. Mm-hmm. So since my dad died at 57 and my stepdad at 53, I, I just was like, okay, this concept of retiring when yeah. you're old, There's you no don't have the, yeah. Yeah, the youth like to even enjoy it. So I, the way after we did that first cruise, I was like, okay, we can jump right back in and go back to work. And so that part, you know, I feel like at some point in my life, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do that. But I, I feel like for the next, like we're not retired now. But I just have a faith in us from the experience of going all in, getting out, going back to regular life, and then going again, and then coming back. I mean, it's easy to, in my mind, in our experience, to go rent an apartment and yeah. get, back, get back to work. And I just, and now even more so that we're doing more um, online and getting more skills in that way, like we just, you know, I feel like we have even more opportunity. Yeah. It's like when you're open to anything, you just have more opportunities for good things to happen, you know? Yeah. And you have so much more experience of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Then you go, oh, wait, I figured that out. So I I can figure stuff out. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any fear about that. And when it comes to like going all in and selling the houses, like we always thought about, should we rent and should we keep it going and try to, you know, 
financially have, um, you know, real estate as well as the boat. Right. Because we could have done that. But for us, we just like the simplicity. And we, we weren't so in love with the homes that we had that we wanted to keep them long-term. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So while we would ideally have like a home base, like a small little, even if it was like just a little piece of property with a little mm-hmm. airstream, you know, that would be great. But for this boat, it's a, you know, Leopard 46. We, it was all in. So Yeah. Yeah. And just um, when it comes to, just another question, when it comes to risk, um, I tend to be, it's weird because on land, I'm, I'm the big risk taker. Um, but on the boat and about boaty things, I tend to be more conservative. Like who's who on, on your boat? And how do, how do you work through different risk levels? I would say that we are the same. Um, and I think that he, Nick is very conservative with his choices on like mm-hmm. weather windows, for example. And like he reefs every night that we're when we're overnight. Mm-hmm. And like the other day when we were crossing over the Gulf Stream into Florida, yeah. um, you know, just the way that the winds were and the forecast, we ended up we were gonna double reef the main and just have the jib out. And so we're we're t- and we talk about it like, okay, should we take the main all the way down? Yeah. And what I said is, look, I don't want to, in the middle of the night, in the, in the Gulf Stream, in potentially big seas, yeah. be having you on the deck raising the main. So if there's a chance that we're going to want that main out there in the Gulf Stream, let's keep it up. Mm-hmm. But if, there, if we don't need it and we can just go jib alone, then yeah, let's take it all the way down. And you just don't, you don't know what the right thing is, right. but we talk, we talk through everything. Yeah, it sounds like that good collaboration and teamwork and and communication, you know, working yes. through some of these things kind of helps everybody feel comfortable. Um, yes. And I but I think it really helps to have like, okay, you're the captain and you ultimately are responsible and need to make the decision. Right. So I feel like I my job is to trust that as well. Right. And not yeah. second guessing it and having faith and you know, trust in and what he thinks is best. But he's always uh, yeah, like looking for my input mm-hmm. he reads his notes or his journal on the storm you went through oh, and yeah. it sounds really yeah. scary it was were there a, t- a time where you faced your biggest fear whether it was bef- before you got on the boat or while you were on the boat that you kind of had to walk through and what was that like for you I, well, I think the storm is by far the most pivotal thing that's happened in our lives mm-hmm. and we so i will never forget where we had sailed offshore three nights three days everything was great and i knew when we left san diego it was late in the season like the baja haha i think is the end Mm -hmm. of october and here we were december 7th i think when we left the san diego and it was just because of his contract and you know he got out of his contract a few weeks early even Mm -hmm. so when he said we have to leave san diego this second or we could be trapped here for like two or three weeks mm-hmm. because the storm's coming out of Alaska. And so it's like, okay, this is a little scary, but we do want to get south, right? So we've been at this point had been for like at least a year and a few months that we had the boat, I think. Anyway, uh we were ready to go. And so I'm here I am like the third day of this um, sail down to Mexico and 
I had that thought of like, I wonder what it's like to be in a storm because I hadn't been offshore before that long with them, mm. just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And literally that night we got into the storm. And you should have never thought that. Oh, I know. I was like, <laughs> I don't really wonder. I don't know. I'm not curious at all. <laughs> it was just this innocent like I, I do wonder what that's like because I can't see land and you know but it was beautiful sunny calm conditions when I thought that and so anyway that storm honestly was like this is a near-death experience that lasted for 12 hours oh no yeah oh, no. and and I was it was the kind of thing where like I we took three hours on three hours off and I was in my three hours uh off shift sleeping downstairs and it was rough and he said it was like midnight he's like Megan you should come up here and so I still didn't I wanted to sleep even though it was rough because you know I was tired yeah so I'm in the cockpit with my sleeping bag sleeping trying to sleep on the bench (laughs) and I can tell it's getting like really windy really loud and really rough and so it was like, okay, I've got to strap in here and we've got to put the navigation software downstairs because like it was not all waterproof, you know, for some yeah. reason. So And you now, were on a monohull. This was the Peterson, yes. right? Okay. Yes. Yeah, 46 feet and it was really heavy. And um, basically I had to navigate with a paper chart. Mm. And the, yeah, the getter on board book that he made the graphics for, but the background is the chart that I was Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, here I am navigating with my headlamp and he's like surfing down all these waves. And it's like, I think we hit like 50 knot winds. Oh, and, no. and I'm looking at the charts going, okay, what are these big bumps in the charts? And they are shoals. Basically, oh. we're going through a patch. I feel like it was, it, 40 mile stretch of shoals. Oh so, my God. Uh, yeah. It was the, like the worst perfect storm type situation. And anyway, for just hours and hours and hours, all I did was read the course that we were on, you know, and then what we needed to be so that he could make the slight turn when he could. Yeah. Surfing down the waves because you can't go straight down. Right. And, it, and it's pitch black and there's no moon. And honestly, it was like, I, this could not, I could see this ending right now. So but, why did you go like, so the storm's over and the birds are tweeting and the rainbows are out. Like at that point <laughs> were you, afterwards, were you sort of like, okay, I'm, I'm done or gung ho, let's do it again. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I was ready to be done. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. We were sailing to our wedding. Oh, okay. And we had been preparing for this for years. Mm-hmm. And so it was just this moment of like, are you going to get back on the horse? Are you going to give up? And I knew if we gave up, that would we would regret that forever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it was like I just didn't have an option, um, and I felt like we survived that, and that was, um, you know, we learned so much about ourselves and each other in that moment, and being in the ocean. That I mean, honestly, it put it's put everything else in perspective. Mm-hmm. Any difficult challenge at work, you know, anything on land, anything, I mean, any other weather situation you've ever had, like nothing is as bad as that. Yeah. And you kind of have to have it, that experience to get that perspective, like, oh, these waves yeah, are so and I, Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, though, you, no matter what, what I learned is that you have no idea what you're capable of mm-hmm. until you're in that situation. And so it's a gift to be able to, to have that challenge if you look at it that way. 
Yeah. Otherwise you wouldn't learn about yourself. Yeah, you would never know. And so what I learned was like, okay, I am able to keep my shit together if I can swear. Mm -hmm. And I am able to keep the, um, do my task and, and just stay focused. Yeah. Stay focused and stay, keep my, yeah, just stay calm as possible and not lose it. Cause I didn't know what would I do? Like you hear of people going down below and like crying, like, I don't know, like freezing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you just, you the survival instinct kicks in is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I think we can all sit around and be afraid of what's going to happen in the future, no matter if you're a sailor or not. And that's, this is, it comes down to a mental game. Yeah. I think definitely looking at these opportunities as a, as a gift is a good way to put it, you know, cause you can learn from anything. Um, yeah. 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 So, um, what advice, just as we close out, what advice would you give other women as they start thinking about transitioning to this kind of lifestyle? Okay. This is a hard one because I'm trying to give this a lot of thought. And, uh, here's what I kind of think is that you have to do all your planning, all your preparing. And, you know, because this lifestyle does take a lot of that, right. Obviously to be safe. Mm-hmm. So once you, once you've done that, you have to let go of the outcome and you just have to see how each day evolves and be open as possible to the the ride that you're going to be on and not have like fixed things like, no, we have to sail around the world or we have, you know, that's, first of all, you you don't know how it's going to go, but if you can just let go then you're more likely to be able to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And and be just as in the moment as possible, and, and and the more I do this now, this has been three years and four months. I am able to really just go with that ride and that adventure, and it is working out beautifully. Yeah, this is great advice. I I I, I can really identify with this because I'm I tend to be you know a little bit of a control freak, um, and. Just little by little, even through this commissioning process, I've had to let go, you know, (laughs) and the boat getting broken into, I'm like, oh, it's just money, you know. (laughs) Yes, it's good, right? But it's true because then you could just live in the moment, you know, and be peaceful in that moment. And And, and also to like know that like there are so many unexpected, wonderful things coming for sure. Yeah. You don't, and you like know if you had to say, oh, I'm going to know what all those are. You deluded yourself into that, first of all. Like, okay, you're going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And second of all, you're going to miss things. And, yeah. and it could be the people that you meet, the, the, the witnessing of nature that you experience. Like, just for sure, you are going to be, your mind is going to be blown with yeah. the awe of um, this being in this lifestyle because it's so real and changing. And beautiful, like just to be on, live on the water is amazing. You're so inspiring, and <laughs> I appreciate so much your perspective. And I'm going to be probably calling you for advice. Oh, <laughs> things get anyway, but seriously, and I'm going to be following your journey. I love it. I and love I your perspective. We're, yeah, we're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna cross uh, anchorages here at one point. Yeah. Now you guys mostly are in the Bahamas now, right? Is that kind of where you've been? Um, yeah, we're back years? in Lake Worth. Yeah. We, we kind of did the Bahamas cause we fell in love with it. And mm-hmm. our dog who was like, she just passed in January at 14 and a half. Um, 
it was like the best, just closest place. She didn't have to spend much time offshore. Mm-hmm. They were very dog friendly there. And so we, we feel like we know, we feel like the Exumas is kind of like a second home to us. Mm-hmm. And I'll go back there anytime, but I, we do want to explore further afield. And yeah. like this season, we were, our plan was to go down to Bonaire and to Panama and then go through the canal next March. Mm-hmm. So that's still a possibility. Um, if we, if things open up, you know, to come November, you know, we'll head down into the Caribbean and hopefully through the canal in March or April. Cool. Well, we'll be following you and maybe chasing you around through the Panama Canal because we'll, we'll at some point getting <laughs> that. So I'd love to be able to actually meet well, you in person. <laughs> yes, but, I feel that we will for sure. Yeah. Where Thank can you, people yeah. find you guys online? I know you have a you have a podcast too. Uh, under the Sheets is that what it's called? Yes, Under the Sheets, and then our YouTube is The O'Kellys, and Great. then uh, I have a channel just called Megan O'Kelly. I haven't really done many videos for that since I've really put it all into the O'Kellys lately, but I have about 20 videos where okay. I just, I was sort of made a channel to be um, like, these are things that if I were to die today, I would want like my nieces and nephews to know about me. Cause they're oh, all that's such a great idea. Age. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So and it, it helped me also just to get comfortable with being, um, yeah, sharing on, on video, which I was very resistant to. So, okay. Great. And then I, I, I think uh, I definitely am going to read next, get her on the boat. And I think that would be a good one for people too. So, so following this cool. channel. So thank you again for your time. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now.